Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's memorial. The next hour is yours. Anything you want to talk about, ownership, question and answer, sleepers, fades, time's yours, as Andy Reid would say. So make sure to uh, drop your questions. I see them already in the chat. Uh, go ahead and drop those. I'll go through as many as I can. I see a lot of the similar, there's a couple of guys who are getting a lot of similar questions, so I'll go over those as well. Uh, but before I jump into this, while we let everybody come in, get situated, hit the like button, grab their cup of coffee, whatever they're doing, uh, let me remind you that this is presented by Jock Market. It is Stock Market DFS. It is I think blowing up, they're doing really well and they're not just in golf, but to me, golf is the best sport for it. Uh, you can buy and sell shares of golfers. We'll talk about them in just a little bit. And if you haven't used the deposit code yet, Rick 20 certainly goes a long way. Thank you very much. Uh, other housekeeping items. I, I printed up and, and we've been selling my, it was my wife's idea, the team Bryson and team Brooks shirts. And they were way more, it was almost a joke and they were way more popular than expected. Uh, team Bryson currently outselling team Brooks. It's like 52%. It's close. It's surprising. Uh, you can get those at rungoodstore.com. Also, I just got finished recording a 300 yards to unknown with Sal Vetri. Eric Patterson stiffed me this week. No, Eric, Eric's a good guy. Very busy. We could not connect this week. Sal hopped on. We talked about kind of the business of, of content creation and what we're doing. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty fun. Might be something that you are interested in. And then finally, there has been a ton of new offers from these sports books. These sports books are just dying to get users. Uh, and the best place to find out what the, the current offer is in your state for each book is rickrungood.com slash bets. You get something. I get something. The sports books get something. Win, win, win. Let's not waste any more time. Biggie Balls is the first one in the chat. He says, hey, Rick, what do you think about Party Marty Laird? Kind of reminds me of Phil where we keep seeing flashes of brilliance from Marty. Maybe one week he puts it all together. Oh boy, I do not think he reminds me of Phil at all, but it's possible that I'm wrong. Let's go straight to the Holy Grail. If you are watching everything that I use, all of these tools are available on rickrungood.com. I have some really cool updates coming. I've been working on a lot more data a lot more useful information. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, so, so to answer your question, Biggie Balls, this does not remind me of Phil Mickelson whatsoever. In fact, Phil was Phil's trajectory for seven or eight weeks before his win. Uh, he was gaining strokes on approach. He was getting consistent in that category. He was just kind of one or two things away from putting it all together. Uh, to me, Martin Laird, while he has popped. For sure, PGA Championship, he gained 11 strokes on approach. The Masters, 7.6. Here's his win, 6.5 at the Shriners. He has that upside, but I would not say that this is consistent in any stretch uh, uh, or any form of my imagination. Uh, even when he does hit the irons well, it's kind of difficult for him to put things together. So to answer your question, maybe one week he puts it all together. That might be true. We saw it in Vegas at Shriners. I don't know when it's coming uh, because this there's really no trend here. 80s guy says, who do you think is the guy who goes totally overlooked or unowned this week and burns us all with a huge finish? Well, let's go to the cheat sheet and start looking for some underowned guys. Uh, that guy might be Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I have nothing against Scotty Scheffler. I just think that, you know, Patrick Reed is right above him. He's going to be popular. Tony Finau. Then you go down and it's Joaquin Neiman and Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, it might be Scheffler, who I'm projecting at 4.3% ownership right now. He's got two top 10 finishes in his last five starts. He's been playing well uh, for, for a couple of months now. I don't know if he, you know, if his, if he won, it would be his first win on the PGA tour. So maybe that's asking too much, but he could be that low owned guy that I think burns everybody because, and someone asked me this in Slack, like, why aren't you talking more about Scotty Scheffler? Or are you fading Scotty Scheffler? And it, it, to me, it's not really a knock on his play. It's just that I thought other guys in the, in, in the, vicinity were, were, were a little bit better. Wow. Right out of the gate, uh, Zach drops in with a super chat. So thank you very much, Zach. Let me bring it up here. Here's Zach's comment. So much appreciated. He says, appreciate the content. Great stuff in guiding the decision process. One and done help needed settled on Hideki Lowry and Woodland as my pool this week, anything outstanding in the stats to break the tie. Well, we can compare these guys and I don't know. I was actually describing this in the 
um, in the Slack channel as well. The dirty little secret to rickrungood.com is that if you hold control and select or command on your Mac and select, uh, you can select multiple guys, which uh, is always good. So let me just do this. Let me do Hideki versus Lowry versus Woodland for you. So I'm just going to select all three. So you can do this in most places. And this is since the start of 2021. So here's Hideki, Lowry, and Woodland. Uh, Woodland, while he's been playing better, if you go back to the start of the year, is third, right? He's in third place in terms of strokes gain total. Uh, Lowry, to me, a very surprising uh, better play. He has been gaining strokes on approach in like seven consecutive events. I like him a lot. The thing that I think is most interesting about Hideki is that his win at the Masters almost masks how well he had played previous to that, right? So now we are on a stretch of golf where for eight consecutive events, he has gained strokes on approach. We're in a, arguably the best stretch of his putter uh, that we've seen in his career. So th that one huge win, Zach, almost masks everything else that Hideki's been doing. Now you go back to a place where he's won before. He played well at the PGA Championship. He really got derailed by like four holes on Saturday, I think. Outside of that, played great. So I would probably rank them Hideki, Lowry, Woodland, kind of the order that you have them on. Um, but it's really close. Hideki and Lowry have both been very good. I, I would give those two kind of the clear benefit. And thank you again for the super chat. It's much appreciated. Chris says... Hey, Rick, good luck this week. Any verdict on the severity of rough? In other words, any verdict on whether or not Bryson is going to win? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way to put it. So from what I understand um, and from what we've heard kind of in some of the uh, press conferences this week is that it, the rough is going to be what it, it normally is each year. It's going to be that kind of like, I think it's like three inches. Now it has been raining a little bit. So the wet rough um, kind of makes it a little bit trickier. But the, the the bigger question I think you're getting at, Chris, is what will the, um, like, like what, have the fairways been narrowed enough for this to matter? And I think the answer is probably. Um, the, the other thing is, there's a lot. The soft fairways don't necessarily, or, or yeah, soft, wet fairways don't necessarily mean the ball's going to roll out right? The ball is going to land. It's going to have mud on it for the first day. They might play preferred lies. It's raining there right now. Um, it, it, there are, there are thunderstorms in the forecast for tomorrow morning. So by the time these guys actually get out on the golf course, it's probably going to be easier to hit fairways, which would then negate the Bryson stuff. So if you throw it all in a pot and say, yeah, I think the nar fairways are no more narrow, but it might be softer than we want it to be. It's probably a wash. So I'm not, I'm not giving Bryson that huge nudge uh, that I would have liked to have given him if this was going to be firm, fast, narrow fairways. Hey, Rick, is course history irrelevant now due to the course being updated? Uh, where is the love for Kazire? And please provide one 8K fade. Mike, getting them all in. Three questions right out of the gate. All right, no problem. Here we go, Mike. So course history is not irrelevant, but I'm certainly not weighing it as much. Um, there are some holes that have not been touched right outside of the new greens. Uh, there's like four or five holes that have not been touched at all. Uh, there are other holes that have had bigger, bigger changes done. It's not completely different. It is still the same architect and still the same designer, right? Jack, Jack did, did the course originally does the, 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 the renovations. It's, it's got the same feel to it. I actually think there's a, a chance that the course plays a little bit easier, especially with the weather that they're seeing early in the week. So I'm not, I'm not going heavy on course history. I'm, I'm, I'm dialing it back a little bit. Uh, any, cause, uh, any Kazire for love, any love for Kazire? Well, let's find him here. He's $7,300. Here's the cheat sheet. And what I like about Kazire, and this is a conversation we've had about him a lot, is um, he pops. He pops a lot. He has he misses a lot of cuts, but he has top 10 finishes. In no way would I call Pat Kazire safe, and he hasn't had a lot of great success in recent years around Mirfield Village. But if you're looking for kind of this high upside, streaky, poppable play, uh, Kazire might be that guy, and he's putting a lot better. And then one 8K fade, oh boy. Um, let's go with... I want to get somebody that I think is going to be at least somewhat owned. I would say, I mean, I guess uh, Fowler, you know, I'm, I'm not buying into, like I need to see more than that top 10, Mike, uh, to really be excited about it. Have any 9K guys grown on you? Ask Hank Hill. Do you like any of them less as the week has gone on or more? Okay, so the 9K range is very, very small. Um, and I thought for the most part, it was pretty fairly priced. I think as the week goes on, I'm trying to convince myself 
um, that Tony Finau is is not going to win this golf tournament, right? So, so what we saw from Finau is this little mini slump that he went through. And if you remember, one thing I talk about all the time is when you lose your best weapon, it's slow to come back. And we saw that for Tony, who was terrible with the driver. Well, now we've seen improvements at the Wells Fargo. We've seen improvements at the PGA. And we saw it get even better and back to his basically his baseline at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, the putter is always going to be a big question mark for him. But he is someone that, as I continue to look at the course, continue to look at the conditions, continue to look at his history, he is someone that has probably grown on me uh, quite a bit, Hank. Can you look at Russell Knox and see if he might fit the course? Sure. So let's do it. Russell Knox, and I want to go back further than just the start of 2020 here. So let's do this. Okay, there we go. So the good thing about Knox is he's almost always going to gain on approach. So that's what he's doing. He's losing strokes off the tee. The putter's been really bad. I'm trying to see. Let's pull up his profile here and see where he makes his hay. Hits a ton of greens. We know that. 47th from tee to green. Somewhat accurate inside the top 55 off the tee. Yeah, I guess I'm just not seeing much that I'm excited about. Um, he's he's okay around the green. He's in the top like 50%. He's a pretty poor putter. I'm I'm just, I'm not seeing much that gets me excited here. I think he's fine. I don't know what his price is. 70. Oh, oh my God, he's $6,100. Okay, so that's kind of more interesting now because he could be, your Kyle Stanley pivot, um, you know, your Kyle Stanley pivots could be Russell Knox or it could be Takumi Kanaya, uh, who is right here. He's also 6,100. We have no data on him. He's a, he's a guy from the Japanese tour and he wins on the Japanese tour. So I'm a lot more interested now, Ryan, learning that he's $6,100. He might be, a, uh, those two guys might be pretty good pivots, but other than that, he's just a, a fine play. I thought he was going to be a thousand dollars more expensive. Uh, hey, Rick, any thoughts on Warinsky or Wyndham Clark? Yeah, I'm actually uh, most weeks pretty pretty bullish on Richie Warinsky. Uh, he has shown us that there are a lot of events that he can play well at. And we've seen it. And, you know, he finishes 38th at the PGA Championship, which for him is a great finish. 45th in Fort Worth while losing strokes off uh, on approach. That's that's pretty good. If you're going to have a bad week on approach and still be able to make the cut and finish inside the top 50 on the PGA Tour where 81 guys made the cut last week or 80 guys made the cut, that that's, that's a pretty good sign. Then we've seen him play well, pop up the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think Bay Hill is at least a decent comp in terms of difficulty, in terms of thickness of rough, narrowness of fairway ways and just how the course is going to play. So yeah, I, I'm usually pretty bullish on Richie Warinsky. This one right here, uh, Matt Jones, there's like nine questions about Matt Jones already. So I'm going to skip the other ones and we'll just do a Matt Jones, uh, deep dive right now. And I'll skip those questions when I get to them. Good thing about Matt Jones. Uh, he is across the board, pretty solid, right? He only loses strokes in one category. It's on approach, but this is his best year ever on approach. So he's getting closer to zero. He, this is also by far his best putting year. He's fine off the tee and he's fine around the greens. He's a very, very solid player. I like to see the short game stuff, especially at Muirfield village where, you know, 5,000 square feet on average is going to be your, your green size. Also, the other thing about Matt Jones, and I can see what I haven't projected at for this week, 2.7%. That's, that's what you want to see because there are some weeks he's a lot more popular than others. He's one of these Interesting guys. Last week, he was 10% owned. The week before that, 3.3, 16%, then 8, then 4, then 11. So it really, he really does fluctuate quite a bit. So you want to try to catch him on these weeks right here. And then if we look at his holy grail, you can see these are significant gains for him off the tee. Compared to what I just showed you in his player profile, these are significant gains. That's always good to see. The short game has been in check. This feels like a pretty good spot for him. That's the Matt Jones deep dive. I will not take any more Matt Jones questions. Um, any comment on whether it's oh, on the weather? Okay, so let's do this. Here's the chart. Uh, this is weather underground. This is what I kind of like to look at because this is the 10-day. So it is raining right now. And I believe it rained. Uh, I can't go back, but I believe it rains early. It's been it's been raining. It's the court should be pretty wet. Rains on today, Wednesday, thunderstorms, chance of thunderstorms, basically all day on Thursday, which 
we don't know if there's going to be stoppages. We don't know if the morning wave is going to become the afternoon wave or anything like that. But what I assume is going to happen is it's going to be pretty soft. Um, whether Whenever they get out there, it's going to be pretty soft. We know that the PGA Tour loves to get themselves uh, preemptively into lift clean in place, in which that case, it probably hurts guys like Bryson and helps guys that are finding more fairways, right? Uh, I was the Bryson path doesn't appear to be the Bryson path. Could he prove us all wrong? Yes. I would have loved it if it was firm, fast, narrow fairways, uh, being able to put a hand on your ball, clean it and, uh, put it back down is a massive advantage. So the, your, your guys who are, um, fairway finders are going to become more valuable if, if they do go with lift clean and place. Andrew says back to back, decent starts starts for Rafa. Is it a mirage? Well, one way to find out, let's see what the data says. Let's see about Rafa Cabrera Bello. Cabrera Bello. Okay, so those two decent starts would be a 32nd in Fort Worth in which he gained strokes in every category but putting. That would be great if he did that again. AT&T Byron Nelson, 21st. He was uh, a big gainer around the greens, which is always a little troublesome considering he is not particularly a great around the green player. Uh, so I don't know. The answer is there's a lot more history of there's a lot more evidence of him not playing well than of him playing sustainably. But literally in his last start, if I could take that exact same thing this week, I would uh, give me gain, gain a little bit off the tee, gain on approach, gain around the green. And if you can find a hot putter, he's finished inside the top 15, something like that. So you'll have to decide if that's enough information for you, Andrew. It's probably not enough for me to make a call on it. Uh, I like Charles Howe this week, six of seven of cuts, top 20 at the Heritage. Okay. I have a Charles Howell stat for you. Um, let me remember this. It is, this is the event that he has played the most in his career without ever finishing inside the top 10. I think he's played it 18 times or 17 times and he's never finished inside the top 10. It's the, it's the only event that he's played that much in which he's never earned a top 10. So if you are taking Chris course history seriously, Charles Howell III might not be the guy for you. Oh, real quick. Sorry. Before we go too much further, uh, jock market, I mentioned it at the top. They do sponsor this video. They are a partner. I love this concept. This concept has tried to be, it's, it's been done by others unsuccessfully and poorly and jock markets doing it better. It's stock market DFS tonight, Wednesday night, uh, from now until 9 PM Eastern time, you can, you can bid on shares of golfers then at nine o'clock or just before those shares are going to be allocated uh, to you or to the highest bidder. And then throughout the tournament, you can buy and sell golfers, which I think, especially with this week, if there are going to be weather delays, if there is going to be a lot of movement, if there's a lot of unknown with the course, buying and selling in the middle of the week is going to be, or in the middle of the tournament is going to be valuable. And then here are just some example payouts. So, you know, last week, Jason Kokrak on Wednesday night, was $6.24. He won the tournament, so he paid out $25. Sebastian Munoz was $3.44. He won the tournament. He paid out at $14. So uh, it's a really fun way, different way to play. I like it. If you have not signed up, use the code RICK20 and then join us tonight for the Jock Market Power Hour. It's 8.15 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Due to the weather, says Jeffrey, would you in all caps lean towards playing all in all caps Thursday morning guys, since they have the best chance to finish the round waiting hours depletes mental and physical sharpness and energy. While I do not disagree with you, Jeffrey, every guy's going to be different, right? Some guys might like the break. Some guys might like the conditions after the break. I would not do all Thursday morning guys, because if we get a delay, now your Thursday morning guys become Thursday afternoon guys or Friday morning guys, or what does it deplete your mental and physical sharpness? If you don't finish your round and then you got to have to come back on Friday and finish and then play. It's just, there are too many unknowns and each of them are too much, uh, player by player, individual related that I will not be making that call. You can, I will not. Um, but you know, there are some weeks where when wind starts kicking up, we can, we can say, yeah, maybe you want to play all AM or all PM. I don't, I don't think this is the week because delays screw the whole thing up. I've had good luck with first round leaders. <laughs> also who plays best in the wind? Denver, Timmy, Denver, Timmy knows how to trigger me. Let's do first round leaders. I don't show this enough. Um, you know, the Holy grail, you can really 
put in whatever you want. So I've had actually a lot of good success with opening this whole thing up, uh, just going with round one, who plays best in the in round one, and then saying, um, well, you could also do who, who plays best round one AM wave. And again, there's weather this week, but like the best round one AM player is John Rob. Uh, he has 48 such rounds. He's gaining over two strokes per round. Christian Bezadenho, much smaller sample size, only 11 rounds, gets off to a hot start. Keegan Bradley, uh, would you have been surprised to see his name on the top of that list? You shouldn't. The guy's constantly a first-round leader. Um, Cantlay, Fowler, Sheffley, Sheffley, Scheffler, Jason Day, Justin Thomas, they round out that crew. Some of the guys that are not big names, Matt Wallace, Emiliano Grillo, Kucher plays well in the first round. Neiman and Noren all play well in the first round. So I would I would cross-reference that list, Timmy, with the uh, tee times and see what you can find. One and done leagues. Uh, th- oh, wait. John says, there's th- I think he's saying there's three one and done leagues. Can't lay ROM and question mark lower tier in all three. A three and done league? I'm not sure what this question is. I'll come back to that. Or maybe you can, John, maybe maybe explain a little bit better. Um, hey, Rick, I like Grillo and Bradley this week, but they're going to be highly owned. And who do you think would be a good pivot? Yeah, I certainly like Keegan Bradley as well this week. So let's go over to the cheat sheet and we'll find guys in their tier here. So here's Bradley. I have him about 18%. I don't mind the Billy Horschel pivot. Um, I, I'm probably more bullish on Billy Horschel than most this week because we can have the argument about whether Billy's playing well or not. You know, he wins the match play. Match play's weird. He has a, a fourth place finish at the Zurich team event. Team event is weird, right? We could argue, we could argue about his form. He didn't play particularly well last week. He played better at the PGA Championship, but six top 15, or excuse me, four top 15 finishes in his last six starts at Mirfield Village. I don't mind him as a pivot. For low max GPP, low max entry GPPs, one max, three max, 20 max. Do you have a total lineup? max ownership that you try to stay below. So um, let's pull up the lineup builder here. So the answer is no. This is kind of up to you, Logan, but kind of a, a um, well, hold on, let me do it this way. We can we can add them up like this. If you have a, I, I like to think 80% or lower is usually pretty good because that would give you what? Like 15% on each guy, something like that. But I don't even like to, do, I would prefer to have almost, a couple of chalky guys and a couple of uh, really single-digit ownership guys. I believe it's called the barbell strategy, where if you, where if you think of what a barbell is, it's it's heavy on the ends. I want the the two heavy guys on the chalk, the two heavy guys on or, or the three heavy guys on on low ownership, so that you have leverage on both of them. But usually, when I do a max projected ownership, I usually put it around eighty uh, for for most GPPs, and that would probably be even better for. Um, Single entries and stuff, because those usually are, are even chalkier. Do the numbers back another top 10 for Troy Merritt? Well, I guess there's one way to find out. Let's go find Troy Merritt here. Played well last week, didn't he? Seventh place finish last week. Yeah, we don't have a lot of data. He is, look at look at how um almost all of these are so close to zero, right? The guy lives around average. He might be the most average player on the PGA tour. Look at this. Almost everything just lives near zero within a quarter of a stroke. So man, I don't know. He, he really is just, I don't even know what type of player that he is. I mean, if you look at this from week to week, he's just living around zero. And the, and when you do that, the margins are so small. You know, if you hit one or two bad drives, you're losing strokes off the tee. You hit a couple of good ones. You're gaining. This to me feels like his margins are tiny. So I I don't think so, JG. I, I just think that a lot of things have to go right for like he has to win like five coin flips in a row for him to do that, which is which is a lot to ask. Tyler says, I appreciate your work and enjoy your shows, Rick. Thank you. Uh, leading Keegan over Lowry in my one and done, but needs some nudging. Which ball striking week do you see from him last week's? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 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 on record for being a supporter of both of these guys. Um, you know, Lowry has been very impressive and he's played well in big tournaments. Keegan, I'm on record of saying if you let me bet him winning one of his next five starts at like eight or ten to one, I'd probably take that. Like I just think he's treading in the right direction. So you're probably not gonna get me to nudge you in one way or another. I like both of these guys. Go with what you think is right. Better single digit ownership as Clint. Uh, Scheffler or Sungjae? 
probably Scheffler. Sungjae has been uncharacteristically volatile. Uh, you can see in his last, what is this, seven starts, he's missed the cut four times. Now he's played pretty well in the other three. That's a little bit worrisome. Um, he's going to be about 3% owned. The Scotty Scheffler 4% projected ownership is a little bit surprising because he's played a lot better. So I think Scheffler's probably the answer because he's more of a victim of the guys around him than his actual play when it comes to the ownership. Dan the Man says, smash that like button. That's a great point. Besides Stanley, who are you looking at in the sub 7K range? So uh, just got turned on to Knox here at the beginning of the show. And then Takumi Kanaya would probably be the other guy. I don't really even like a lot of like the mid sixes, I'd almost like to live down at the bottom and just pile in those guys. Or even like an Alex Noren at 6,800 uh, is certainly someone that catches my attention. Thanks for all you do, Rick. Can you do a de- okay, deeper dive on Matt Jones? I already did that. A lot of questions about Matt Jones, so go back and do that. Alex wants to know, how are you feeling about X-Man, Xander Shoffley? I'm pretty average on him. I'm pretty fair. I think the $9,700 price tag is a very fair number. Um, we can look at him on kind of a deeper, a deeper level here. Oh, we should get rid of his round one stuff. There we go. Um, so uh, the good news is constantly gaining in ball striking. Um, I, I mean, the guy's just got one of the highest floors in golf. Now we've seen the ceiling be a bit of a question mark. I I'm always pretty averagely warm on Xander Shoffley. There doesn't seem to be a lot of weeks that are like perfect Xander weeks. There doesn't seem to be a lot of weeks where courses aren't going to set up well for him. So it's always hard to have kind of a hot take on Xander. Paul wants to know, can Bezadenhout, Christian Bezadenhout, short game brilliance shine here? He is very good on and around the greens, or at least that is how he has uh, found some of his results here. And you can see big time putter, big time around the green player, big time short game player. Um, so here's the concerns, right? Is that he's got to be a zero. He's basically got to be zero off the tee and zero on approach, which he does not do often. Uh, when guys like this, as much as I like it for this week, the path is just so small, Paul, just very, very small. Um, I've answered a couple of these, so I'm going to keep skipping. Okay. Jared wants to know, this is a good question. Who in the 10 K range and up have you grown on and who have you grown, grown cold on? That's hard to say. You know, I'm, I really don't know what to do with Justin Thomas, uh, 10,200. When the pricing came out, I said, wow, there's five guys more expensive than him. That's crazy. I, then I looked at his metrics and I was like, well, he lost his weapon, which is always usually a bit longer to come back. So I've probably grown colder on JT, um, which could be painful. I've now that I think with the weather that we're getting, I've probably grown colder on Bryson. Not that he can't win in wet kind of sloppy conditions or, or whatever it might end up being. I was just kind of hoping it was going to play more into, into his hands and the guys that I've grown on. Oh boy. Um, I've probably grown on Morikawa. Uh, I, I think that at, at 10,400, being the the low, you know, second lowest priced golfer in this range, the ball striking. I, I think it's ugly with the putter that we have to watch it, but at the end of the day, it usually it usually ends up pretty good. Is probably someone that I've that I've grown warm on. Um, there's another super chat here. Oh, sorry. You're absolutely right. So hybrid says, I think your merit question was just tracking round one, which is why he was close to a zero. Would it be okay if you pull it up again? You're absolutely right. I forgot to uncheck that. Thank you for the super chat as well. So let's do this. So I was in the tournaments. So yeah, this, there we go. My apologies. That's why he was so close to zero all the time. Now this, I, I was wondering why it looks so weird. I'm like, I've never seen a guy be so close to zero and everything before, but I had just the first round marked. So let's try this again. Troy Merritt, uh, back to back seventh place finishes an eighth at the Valspar. And what he's doing is gaining. Okay. Gaining strokes on the, on approach in two of his last three or three of his last four, excuse me, around the green, very consistently good. That's good for this week. And the putter can get hot at times. This is much more what I would have liked to have seen from a guy that pops. I was wondering how he was, how he was earning these finishes, um, with, 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 uh, you know, the lack of, of, uh, of, of numbers and digits there. So yes. So Troy Merritt, I think is laying a better blueprint, um, for popping off than, than I would have thought a couple of minutes ago. So thank you hybrid for pointing that out. And I really appreciate it. 
where does the memorial rank in terms of your favorite tournaments i don't know it's probably not in the top 10 it's fine i i i like a lot of them better every major uh, i'm kind of a sucker for the no cut events too the wgc's the cj cup shadow creek um was great i don't know if they're going to go back there this year or whatever but um i mean i like api better i like the players better i like tory pines better i like the match play a lot uh i like the olympics better <laughs> i don't know like it's fine it's probably like 15th for me that's all right devin just says ricky bobby <laughs> yeah uh love the show is the memorial where ricky makes a return to the top 10 or better i need to see more there are some guys william that i like to be early on there are some guys that i will be late on ricky fowler will be one of those guys i just need to see more of it you know one top 10 in 18 months or 15 months or whatever it's been is not enough to move the needle to me hey rick i watched your video on cascading lineups when you cascade lineups do you ever stick to a specific salary and allow you to be flexible one way or another so jim is referencing this uh, strategy that I roll out in 20 maxes, it's called core cascading. You pick your, uh, you pick a core and you just swap out one guy three or four times. Then you go to the next guy, you swap him out. It's very high risk, high reward. There is a video on it on my YouTube channel. So Jim, outside of that, uh, there are no hard and fast rules in core cascading. Never. Um, I don't try to find... I don't try to do stars and scrubs. I don't try to keep a balanced build. I don't intentionally leave money on the table. I think it's nice to leave a couple hundred dollars on the table when you can do it because that allows you to swap up instead of just swapping down. Um, but I literally sit there and I try to build my absolute 100% best lineup. And after that, I swap them. That's it. There are no rules. Um, so yeah, good luck. <clears throat> Team Bryson for the win. I'm shocked at the number of Bryson people. Okay. Tringale, a deep dive on Tringale. Sure. Let's do it, John. So here we go. Uh, around the green play will probably be handy this week, which is usually where he looks. Okay. So yeah, around the green. He has gained strokes around the green basically every event for the last eight. He's uh, either zero or better on approach. The last three he's lost off the tee. That's a little bit disappointing because if you remember, he was one of the bigger improving uh, drivers of the golf ball. I think two years ago into last year, uh, got a lot more club head speed, got a lot more distance, found a lot of a lot more fairways, gaining a lot more strokes. So to see him lose that for the last couple of starts is a little bit worrisome, but we have a look, you know, we have at least a better period from the end of 2019 into, into basically April of this year where he was driving the ball really well. So I'm optimistic that he can get back at it. I, I kind of like Tringale this week. <clears throat> Jeff says, I'm team Rick. <laughs> yeah, we should, um, we should, uh, we should make those shirts. Will Z thoughts. Uh, he withdrew on Monday, so we don't have to worry about him. Thoughts on Jordan Spieth at 11,000. Um, very much on record that I believe Jordan Spieth is the best player in the world right now. Uh, do I think that Mirfield Village is a really good spot for him? Not particularly, but it, it's it's been a place that he's had decent success at. He finished 13th last year. He had a top 10 the week before that. I, I love everything about Spieth. He is, he is the best player on tour right now. So it is no surprise to see him at 11,300. Team Brooks all the way. Um... Okay, let's talk about Homa. Hey, Rick, how are you? Well, thank you. Any thoughts on Max Homa this week? His name seems to be too quiet in terms of ownership. Yeah, so I have him, <clears throat> let's see here, at 3.2% owned. Now, the problem is because he's missed a couple of cuts here recently. Let's go do a little deep dive on all Maxi Homa. This is my concern. Uh, the short game has been horrendous he is hemorrhage strokes around the green. These are small greens. If you start doing that at Muirfield village, you're in trouble, not really saving himself with the putter. Um, that would be my concern. So Glenn, I hope he does well. I I'm just not really sure about it. Let's see. Rick looking thick as usual. I assume that's good. 
It might not be. Kyle Stanley going to be chalked this week. What does the world come to? I have Kyle Stanley checking in. So this is what I think is actually pretty funny. So I have Kyle Stanley checking in at only 5.6%, which is not what Vincent Whaley was last week. But I do think that Vincent Whaley uh, finding success and playing well will encourage more people to go to Kyle Stanley this week. If, if, if Whaley burned us all last week, uh, Stanley would have been uh, probably the guy that everybody avoided. Also, you could play Takumi Kanaya or you could play Russell Knox instead. There has been one playoff since the Sony Open. Do you find that surprising statistically? Plus 350 for a playoff. Are we due? Interesting. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Uh, I don't know statistically if that is surprising or not. I guess it's kind of weird. That was six months ago. Is that true? We haven't had a playoff since the Sony? I'm trying to just wrap my head around where we might have had playoffs, and maybe we haven't. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Good question, Sure Dog. I'll get back to you. Is this the week that Cantlay finds his putter? Well, all right. Let's... I, I don't know the answer to that, but let's let's see what we can find. So here here's here's what's going on with Cantlay. He's lost strokes with uh with the putter like six or seven weeks in a row. Hasn't gained since Pebble Beach. <coughs> Excuse me, that is a bad sign. Um I don't know if this is the week or not. And the sorry, I'm 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 thinking I, I made a mistake and did not get water before I started this. Um He's gained a bunch of strokes, uh, or excuse me, he lost, he's lost a bunch of strokes with the putter, and I don't know if this is the week, but what we can do is we can look at his putting stats on bent grass. Maybe that'll help. So uh, he is, on average, a, a barely better than um, a positive putter. On bent grass, he's about the same. What has he done at Mirfield Village? Well, he's probably done better because he is, um, thank you, got a water delivery. Thank you very much. Um he has done better with uh, slightly better with the putter on these greens, but that should not be a surprise because he's won here. So long story short, I'm a little bit worried about it. He's been trying out. Um, he's been trying out different putters. I'm not sure that this is the week. Excuse me. Okay. I was dying there. I should never do a live chat without having some water. Should I say Bryson for the U S open? Yes. Uh, that is basically what I've done, right? I mean, it's, it's the U S open just the perfect setup for him. It, it, it really, lends into his um into his hands with the way he likes to play. What's up with Steele's health? I see he is back and has decent history. Yeah, I actually played Steele in one, I think in one single entry lineup because he was a guy that was super cheap, um, has played well here before. His his results, you know, he hasn't been able to put four rounds together, but he's been making cuts. Um I actually pretty much I like Steele. This is a good question. Uh, Sheer Dog always has good questions. He says, "What was was Kokrak's win predictable by the numbers?" I I think that's a brilliant question. There is so much in in this world where we don't look back; we're only looking forward. By the time we get to an event, you know, it's it's we're we're on to the we're on to the next week and all that stuff. Um, looking back to see if Kokrak's win was was predictable is is something I love to do. Why is he not showing up in here? Oh, because he's not playing this week. <clears throat> I had, I had that box checked. So we go back and we look at Kokrak. <clears throat> here is his win, right? So here is his win in Fort Worth, Charles Schwab Challenge. Um, I would say, I mean, he had a bunch of top tens before this. So I don't know if the wind was predictable, but what I think is uh, was is, is interesting about Kokrak is that he has the skill set that pops. And I've talked about this with Lonto Griffin. I've talked about this with other guys too. When your two skill sets are the ability to get nuclear hot with the putter, or excuse, yeah, with the putter and with your irons, that's a deadly combination. And that's what he can do. You know, the putter has been a cheat code for him. And then when he goes out and he finds a week where he gains five strokes on approach, now you're talking, okay, he's going to be in the top 10. Then he drove the ball like a madman. But I think that those skill sets, the Lonto Griffin, the Jason Kokrak skill sets, it's why you see those guys pop a lot. <clears throat> I've answered quite a few of these. Would you consider Gucci a free square? No, but I do like him, but I would not consider him nor anyone else a free square. Brent says, hit the like button. Thank you very much. Question about lineup construction. Rule I'm making. Smaller contests like heads up and winner take all. The high price chalk picks okay. Big contest contrary at top. Yeah, that's fair. 
right? You, it, 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 what's the, what's the word for opposite of contrarian? Um, congruent? No, there's a word for it. I forget what it is. But in like head to heads and stuff, you want to have the chalkiest lineup available. In 50-50s, chalkiest lineup available. Uh, big contests, the opposite. Rick, I'm tired of fading ownership and losing. I'm playing Xander, Finau, Reed, and all my lineups with 7,300 left for the remaining three spots. Your boy, Lonto. Uh, yeah, so I actually, someone sent me a, a DM, and I guess they were following Lonto in uh, in their practice round today. And he, I guess he was striping balls, and he turned around and he said, oh, man, I'm dialed in, or something like that. And I was like, oh, boy, Lonto's ready to go. Uh, in terms of the, the fading the ownership thing, listen, you have to decide what's right for you. If you... I mean, last week was rare that there were so many six of sixes and all the chalky guys got through. It rarely happens. Um, I think over time, you are much better off smartly fading, not blindly fading ownership, being smart about it. I take a lot of chalky guys. I pair them with a lot of 2% owned guys. Uh, That is usually the way. 9,500 and up. Who are the top three chalk? Oof. Well, I can answer that for you. So $9,500 and up. So that's here. I have well, I have a lot of guys kind of in the same 17 or 18%. I have Cantlay, Shoffley, Hovland, Morikawa. Those would be the four chalkiest guys over 9,500. What do you consider when choosing from a cluster of players that are popular? Like in this 9K range this week, I like five of eight of them. Yeah. So, um, well, there's a couple of things you could certainly just look at ownership, right? Because if we're, if we're talking about guys that are a hundred dollars in different, you know, different, we're splitting hairs on, on what their actual success is going to be. Just take the lower own guy, take the guy you like. I think uh, Mitchell, a lot of people just don't take the guy they want to root for enough. Um, I know it's not, uh, uh, an analytical answer. It's not quantifiable, but are you playing for fun? Are you playing for entertainment? Are you playing to be a professional play who you want to play? It's all good. Olympics narrative bump for Kawa. No. If he gets in, he'll play. Hey, Rick, looking for a one and done player around the AK range. And I've been burned by all my studs. Unfortunately, when they miss the cut, any recommendations? Okay. So around the AK range for a one and done, the obvious answer would be Keegan. Next up would be probably Lowry. Horschel would be interesting, or you could just play Charlie Hoffman, who is apparently the best player on the face of the earth and never stops finishing inside the top 10. <clears throat> Most importantly, is Vincent Whaley real or actually a glitch glitch in the matrix? I mean, have we ever even seen the guy? Does anyone even know what he looks like? Is he even out there playing? I think he's a glitch. And I think we've I think we've run it long enough. I, I, I'm so scared now. The next I well, maybe he won't be as cheap anymore. Five years from now, oh, I love this question. Who do you think is the number one player in the world? Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Morikawa, Rory, or someone else? This, the dirty little answer is we might not have heard of the guy yet, right? Might be currently in college. Uh, might be, he might be 13 years old. Who knows, right? These kids are getting better and better. I think the smart answer is, it has to be Morikawa is the is the smart answer because he, he wins, right? I mean, Hovland's won twice. Morikawa's won twice that, four times. Willie Z, we haven't seen win yet, but all the talent in the world. I think if you made me if you made me lay odds or whatever, I'd have to set I'd have to set Morikawa as the favorite. I'm pretty I'm like a four out of ten in terms of excitement on Rory McIlroy. If if five is neutral, I'm like a four. I I don't think we know yet about Rory. Right? He has he said to me this version of Rory McIlroy has had two starts. He after the Masters he kind of hibernated for a couple of weeks. Signed on with Pete Cowan as his new swing coach. Uh, came out immediately wins. Then he played whatever at the PJ championship finished like 40th or 50th or whatever, something like that uh, uh, below expectations. So that's one, one good, one bad. I think I need to see more from Rory. I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, I think there's guys we know more about uh, are in the same price range, but if he's going to be low owned and you get good Rory again, you're in a great spot. I, I just probably won't get there, but it's not because I don't like him. It's just, I'm going to wait and see on more information. Roster Jason Day or get poked in the eye. Uh, get poked in the eye. It's <laughs> uh, so funny. What chance are Rom and Rory both missing the cut? 
Well, I mean, do you want me to actually give you a number on this? Let's say, I mean, it's a, so it's a small field, right? 120, 65 and ties are going to make the cut. So these guys are probably going to make the cut. What? 88% of the time, something like that. So the true odds are probably of both of them missing the cut. 1.4%. What is the minimum dollars to leave on the table to get significantly different in GPPs? So that's the easy way to get unique, but don't, don't just leave money on the table thinking that's going to give you leverage on the field. It's not, it's going to make you unique. If you happen to win, you're not going to split it with anybody, but you'd, I prefer you be leverageable as well. Like I don't want you to get six guys who are 20% owned and leave $500 on the table and say, wow, I did a great job being a contrarian. You did a great job being unique. You didn't do a great job being different. Um, well, I guess unique is different, but you get what I'm saying, right? You're not, you're not leveraging anywhere. Uh, but the answer to that is $300. Uh, the vast majority of people almost like last time I checked, like 90% or more use all of their money, 49,900 or 49,800. So if you leave 49,700, that would be the minimum. And that would answer your question. Spieth or Rom, who are you more confident about this week? It's a great question. Um, I really like them both. I, I think I was going to say Rom's been more consistent, but has he? I mean, they're both like piling up top tens, like eight in their last 11 or eight in their last 12. So I, I don't know. I just think Rom's better on difficult courses and I'd prefer Spieth on birdie fests. So I, I would give the tiniest of edges to Rom. Rank these API Genesis Memorial Nelson Bob Hope. Am I missing any? But what's best and worst? Okay. Genesis is probably the best. API is probably second. Then probably the memorial, then the Byron Nelson, then the, the Bob Hope. Um Riviera is just the best course on the planet. Maybe I don't mean that, but it's really, really up there. And it's a great course. And I, I just I love everything about it. I had like my first, like when I, I showed up at Riviera on Thursday, I guess it was in 20, it was in 2020. Uh, cause it was like two weeks before everything or three weeks before everything shut down. I had like an emotional experience as the sun was coming up at Riviera and the glow of the scoreboard. I mean, it was, it was mad. The place is magic. Uh, Dallin's with a super chat. Thank you very much. Any love for Fowler Woodland on DK? Am I chasing? I, I don't like those guys as much. So I, I think Woodland certainly. Listen, Woodland is objectively turning a corner, and I think that is uh, commendable. And um, um, I, it was something that I did not see coming for a while, but this is this is the Gary Woodland that I want to see. Ball striking the hell out of it. This is a really good sign. So I, I like Woodland. I'm fine with that. He seems to be trending in the right direction. Ricky Fowler, on the other hand, we've had one good start in 15 months. Uh, was it a really good start? Yeah, it was. Is there is there light at the end of the tunnel? Potentially. Um, but... He has his best approach week in over two years, right? August 2018 was the last time he gained over four strokes on approach. Um, is it likely that that happens again? Probably not. So I would say I would favor Woodland out of those. Keep up the good work. Who are you on this week that's extremely low owned? Oh, interesting. Okay. So um, extremely low owned. Let me see. I wouldn't mind Bubba. I haven't met like 2% or something like that. I wouldn't mind. There was somebody else I thought. Uh, Lonto at 1.2, but that's kind of on brand. Yeah, let's go with Bubba. Um, Bubba, great driver of the golf ball. Uh, if he can be in the fairway more often, that'll help. So he doesn't have to face the mud balls. Mud ball uh, has played okay here at Memorial, uh, at Muirfield Village. He's 2.5% owned, or at least that's what I project him at. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to keep going. Who has had the most success at Mirfield? Uh, well, we can. I can pull up the course. This is the last 10 years, and we can kind of just look through this. Rory's been great. Um, Spieth has been fine. Uh, Hideki has played well, right? He's got this this win in 20 in 2014. A couple of top tens after that. Further down the board, Kuchar's been awesome here. Uh, and then further down, Benny Ahn, although he's in terrible form, he's played well here. Kyle Stanley's played well here. Those are basically the guys that I would say have played well at Mirfield. 
Rick, I'm thinking of anchoring my lineups around Xander and Hideki. Um, I'm okay with that. I think I think there's a really good case to be made that Hideki's the most undervalued player on the slate just because he has the legitimate upside. People aren't really talking about him. He's only $9,400. I think that's a really good play. And then Xander is, I'm always just fine with. Closest thing? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. <clears throat> yeah, so I just met Matt. I actually just mentioned Benny on. So he's played well here, but the form is, is is horrendous. It's And I wish it wasn't. I love the guy. You know, I've got his shoe back here. but like I, I just wish... Uh, uh, which one of these is going to take me to the right Benny on? I've got to clean this one up. This one's the right Benny on. Okay. So, you know, you look at what he's done. He's just, he used to be this ball striking machine approach used to be unbelievable from, from the, the end of 2020, he was gaining constantly. Now he, now he doesn't gain at all. So I, I just find it really hard to believe Matt, that all of that is going to click. Uh, Kevin Erickson, first of all, thank you very much for the super chat says team Brooks. Thanks, Kevin. Always always jumping in. Uh, I'm surprised at how many uh, Team Bryson people there are, which is always good. <clears throat> Let me see where we're at. I lost my spot. Okay. Stars and Scrubs are balanced for this $200 single entry. I went Stars and Scrubs. Vanilla Rick sounds like an epic band name. Uh, I've answered a lot of these, so that's good. Kokrak has always had skills, but he switched to a 36 inch putter. Yes. And also no, right? Like you couldn't just hand me a 36 inch putter or a different length putter and turn me into a great, a great putter. But yes, that, that was certainly a catalyst, uh, for, for him. Maybe it's just, you get more confident with it. You want to practice with it more. You put more time in, but just handing a guy a 36 inch putter does not automatically make him a good putter, but I agree. It was certainly a pretty good Catalyst. Conformist was the word I was looking for. Thank you, AJ. Uh, what are your thoughts on... Oh, no, I answered that one. I'm going to keep going. Do you adjust off the T stats last week for someone like Finau who was hitting two iron three wood all day? I bet he goes back to spraying the driver. And then this and then this ends with fade exclamation point. Um, no, I'm not going to adjust the stats because that's how the stats work right? It's, it's what you do off the tee. And if you choose to club down, that's on you. And over time, uh, it all evens itself out. So no, I will not because he's been trending in the right direction before that. And there's plenty of reasons to fade Tony Finau, right? Like <laughs> he's, he's won once, uh, in his career. And it was five years ago at the Puerto Rico open and he can't putt. There are other reasons for me to want to fade Tony Finau outside the fact of how he hits it off the tee. Fifth in my one and done, thanks to my boy, Chuck Hoff. Everybody in front of me and one behind has burned Reed. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so Reed had a very ugly Friday for a lot of us. I think he shot like a 7'4", 75, and um, missed a five-footer for par on his last hole to miss the cut. Not great, Bob, but he, again, small grain, short game, uh, difficult courses, all sounds like Patrick Reed to me. If you can stomach it, DL, I would go with it. Great stuff as always. I'm in no man's land in my one and done and need to make a splash. Billy Horschel. I hate to say it, but he's piled up top 15s here. Winning upside. I know it was the match play. Don't kill me. And will not be highly owned. If you need to make a splash, pick Billy Horschel or Shane Lowry. Thanks for the live chat. Vegas, here I come tomorrow. Mark, Vegas, you could not be coming to Vegas at a better time. It is insane here. It's insane. First of all, uh, casinos like sm are like smashing records now or Memorial day weekend. They're smashing records. As of today, they just lifted all COVID restrictions. Everything is back to normal. You, you literally could not have picked a better time to come. It is bonkers here. So have fun. Stay safe. Have fun. Is Brendan Todd regaining his old form? What is Brendan Todd's old form? <laughs> Hitting a bunch of fairways and turning on the putting magic. That's that's the form that I would think about with Brendan Todd. Let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. Yeah, basically what I uh what I would expect. A ton of strokes gained around the green and on the greens and losing them basically everywhere else. So 
I guess this is what I would have expected. So to answer your question, yes, he's regaining his form. Is that form valuable? It's just a more narrow pathway, right? He has to gain six and a half strokes putting to finish it. He has to, he has to be a positive approach player and positive off the tee. It's just a very narrow, um, narrow path for him. Any word on McElroy and him canceling events this week? So, uh, all I saw was McElroy withdrew from the pro-am and did not do his media obligations. I don't believe that to be anything more than that. It happens quite often. I'm not that worried about it. DJ did it like two weeks ago. I'm, I'm until further notice. I'm not that worried about it. Gun to your head. Oh boy. I always like these Grillo or Tringale in GPP. Kind of like them both. Uh, what is Tringale's ownership? Eight? Probably him. Tringale's laying the laying the blueprint. If he can, if he can drive it better, uh, he'll probably contend. Grillo is at twice the ownership, so I would probably have to pick Tringale. Chris says Lowry versus Scheffler. Gotta ask the matchup god for advice on this one. I have been pretty good on matchups recently. Let's just put it, let's plug it in. So my my heart says Lowry at plus money. Let's see what the model says. This is the head the head-to-head tool. RickRunningood.com. Lowry versus Scheffler. All right. So if we go back to the start of 2020, big time in favor of Scheffler. If we go back to the start of 2021, gets a lot closer. I have Lowry should be about plus 130. You're only getting him at plus 102. It's probably a no bet for me, but my heart says Lowry. Do you think Jordan will do good this week? There's really no reason to think he won't, right? Eight top tens in his last 11 starts, including a win, a runner-up finish. He's the best ball striker on tour. Has had good success here. There's Golf is weird. Right, golf is weird. It's very volatile, but there is no reason to think Jordan Spieth's not going to have a good good week this week. If in a make this putt or die situation, I like this. This is the best. Which player under seven k would you want putting? Is Denny McCarthy in this field? I'm not sure he is. Um, it might be Mackenzie Hughes. It might be. Oh, Denny McCarthy is in this field. Okay, it's probably got to be Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy has been uh, historically one of the best putters. So I, I would narrow it down to McCarthy, Hughes, or JT Poston. And I guess for my life, it's up. No, not. Maybe I should go with the Canadian. He'd probably care more. Very kind. He would care just as much as I would. Mac Hughes. Uh, I've got a couple minutes here. Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, let, let's, let's, let me look at it. If I was redoing my model today, uh, I would probably do, I would probably do it like this. I would probably do uh pretty significant around the green, pretty significant on, on the green 25 and 20. I would weight it with 15 and 15 on approach and off the tee. Then um, because the PGA tour loves themselves, some preferred lies, let me go with 15 on accuracy. And then my final 10 on birdie or better. And my top player would be the defending champion, John Rahm. Xander would be up there. Reed can't. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me change this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me do the last 24 rounds. <laughs> sorry. Okay, now my top player is Louis Ustazen. Uh Louis Ustazen, Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Cameron Tringale, 7,600. Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung JM, believe it or not. Keegan Bradley. Interesting. Large field one and done, and we're in the bottom 30%. Sorry to laugh at that. Spieth and Xander are our top two choices near the top. Would you take one of those guys? Or is it time to get... Well, no, um... Could you take one of those guys and be different, which I think you can, right? I don't want you to just continue to punt it away, but you can take one of the guys who has a lot of win equity. Um, you could probably play Xander here, right? Like nobody's going to play Xander this week, are they? I wouldn't mind that. Go play Xander. Hope to get hope to get a second place finish. Maybe he snaps out and wins the thing. I'd go with that. Will Keegan continue the hot putter or will he regress? Well, I mean, it's been going on for like seven weeks now. Or seven starts, so probably longer than that. So I'm 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 hoping, fingers crossed, that um, 
that it continues. Brent wants to know, marry, kill, or one night stand? Oh, boy. Brooks, Bryson, and Jordan. Oof. Okay, so here's what you think. Marrying Jordan would probably be smart. He's like been with his high school sweetheart forever. Um, although he's very, very talkative. Although I love my wife and she talks a lot. She, if you do the, you think I talk a lot? I do this for a living. She probably has says eighty percent of the words in our in our life, and I say twenty percent of them. Um, so marrying Jordan might be might be a natural fit for me. I would be used to that. I'm I'm Michael Greller in my in my relationship. I just say, yep, 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 yep. And she talks through the whole thing. So maybe I think I'd have to marry Jordan. Uh kill Brooks or Bryson. Man, I mean, I one night stand has to be with Brooks. So I guess I have to kill Bryson. I don't know if there's that that has to be the answer to that. Louie at 41, uh, 41 to one to win. Uh, yes or yes. Yes. It's your money. Spend it how you want. I certainly don't mind. Louie plays well and, uh, has a good short game and he's got plenty of upside. And I think that'll do it. I think it's lunchtime for me. Uh, so here's what we got going on. Join me tonight, 8, 15 PM Eastern time, Joe, I don't myself for the jock market power hour. Use the code Rick 20 to sign up right now. Go use the deposit bonus. Um, also have a great week. It's going to be fun. I think they're all fun. You guys are great. Thanks for showing up. Hit the like button on your way out. Peace.